Yeah, people are losing their jobs all over the country, and the Congress has moved forward to do something to ameliorate their pain. But you know who should really be losing their jobs big time and not getting any recompense? In fact, they should be giving it all back. Uh, are those uh, guys who have spent the last decade stealing from widows and orphans on Wall Street. I'm talking about the Jolly Green Gangsters at that morally, if not financially, bankrupt Gotham boiler room Goldman Sachs of crap. The government has now accused Goldman of defrauding investors by failing to disclose conflicts of interest in mortgage investments it sold as the housing market was faltering. I'm reading from the gray lady on this. The government has brought civil charges against the Wall Street powerhouse and one of its vice presidents. The agency alleged Goldman failed to disclose that one of its clients helped create and then bet against subprime mortgages securities that Goldman sold to investors. These are slime balls. These vast rooms that they work in full of testosterone, monitors, and slime balls. Investors in the mortgage securities are alleged to have lost more than $1 billion, the Securities Exchange Commission said. The agency is seeking to recoup profits reaped on the deal. Good luck. These bucks are up someone's nose or down somewhere in the Caymans. You can bet on that. Well, here's, what, here's how Goldman figured it out. They're real big. Real big in the mortgage business, bullish on mortgage, selling mortgages, working with banks, financing, refinancing. And then there's these couple of guys, see, couple of guys inside the, the Goldman Sachs mortgage uh, division who have a different idea about what might be going down. These guys are Toure and Eagle. You don't even need their first names. Who cares? They figured out that uh, things were going to go sour, and they were going to go sour real soon. And they, unlike most of the people at uh, Goldman Sachs, knew that if one group of mortgages and mortgage bonds ran into trouble, the entire market might falter. So they put together something called the Abacus package or the Abacus deal. And this was basically a bet against the mortgage-backed bonds. It included kind of an insurance-like protection. So if the bond went bad, you got paid insurance, okay? So these, these things are called credit default swaps. Way over my head, but you see, I'm just an honest guy. And they were not, they were worth very little in 2005 when the housing market was just booming. But when things began to go sour, they became real valuable. Now, here's the real crux of the issue. Not only are they putting together these, these packages of rotten loans, loans they know are going to go bad, but they got John A. Paulson, who runs a huge hedge fund and is one of their clients, to help them choose the most rotten of the mortgage bonds. So then they put all of these together, okay, and then they sold them to clients around the world, mainly large banks. And one of the, uh, the uh, Goldman Sachs uh, uh, excuses, well, we were selling to sophisticated investors and caveat emptor. They should have done their research. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you go to a respected doctor you've been working with for years, and he, and he slides you bogus medicine or medicine that's going to make you sick, and it's your fault that you didn't check it out in the um, pharmacological encyclopedia. And letting this guy Paulson choose the rotten bonds that are going to collapse, right, is like not only do you give rotten medicine, to your clients, but you bet on the guy who makes gravestones. So uh, 
Here's Goldman Sachs. Bully, bully, bully about mortgages. Finally figure it out. And all of a sudden, they change their stance in December 2006. They get together in a windowless conference room on the executive floor. That's so no one could see or hear these smart guy insiders concocting their conspiracy. Now, their chief financial officer, this Mr. Vinyar, and then Mr. Cohn, the president, gathered about... Oh, 10 executives uh, for a briefing. Here's the message. Goldman had to reduce its exposure to the increasingly troubled mortgage market. The executives uh, told the traders suddenly sell Goldman's positive bets on housing, i.e. get us out of the bully of the bull position and turn it around. And they, then they suddenly went short on mortgages and that position yield them a $4 billion profit in 2007. Not only should these people lose their jobs. Now it's just a civil suit. It's not a criminal suit. So we can't throw them into the conspiracy pokey, but they should be forced to like ladle out soup to the homeless or something else improbable. There's more. There's the uh, lying Lehman Brothers tale, which I'll be right back with. But I need some music. This is too much. This is just too much. Hog manure. Hog manure is very valuable, but it must be used with care. Very liable to make cabbages clump-footed. To induce a disease in turnips called anbury fingers and toes. It is so violent in its actions. Back to the bad boys on Wall Street. Now let's talk about lying Lehman Brothers. They're no longer with us. They went bankrupt and took the street down with them. How did that happen? Well, the culprit was Repo 105. That's short for repurchase agreements. I like that sound, Repo 105. It sounds like the kind of graffiti they should have sprayed all over the Lehman Brothers building and probably they should have tagged the executives with it. Repo 105, I'm here, I'm gone. Okay, these repurchase agreements involve what amounts to a short-term loan. Um, exchanging collateral for cash up front and then unwinding the trade as soon as sometimes overnight. So it's basically an accounting sleight of hand, uh, which allowed Lehman to temporarily remove about $50 billion worth of assets from its balance sheet, helping to make it look better than it really was. Here's the deal. You come to the end of the quarter, you're going to uh, publish your balance sheet. And um, instead of having a lot of these securities, you know, sitting in your vaults waiting to be sold, you park them overnight and they come up as a sale, which means you look $50 billion more liquid than you really are. The problem is, is that by American law, it's not a sale. So what are these poor Lehman Brother boys going to do? They, they, they invented this thing in 2001. They didn't use it big time till about 2007. And the way they did it is they went to a prestigious London-based accounting firm called Linkladders and got Linkladders to tell them that under British law, 
it's a sale. Now, under American law, it's not. But under British law, it's a sale. So they can legitimately park $50 billion worth of securities overnight when they publish their quarterlies, buy it back the next day, and everything's just fine, as long as it's happening in England. So there's the problem, which is if you can't do it in America, you're going to have to run all of these slimy transactions through their English office. And that's exactly what they did. They put it all through Lehman Brothers International. Okay, how much did they write off the books this way? How much did they over-evaluate themselves before they crashed? $8.3 billion fourth quarter 2007. $14.9 billion first quarter 2008. $13.6 billion the second quarter of 2008. Man, that's a lot of money. That's almost $40 billion right there. And then when everybody discovered that it wasn't there, they collapsed. Well, you'd think the SEC would have would have caught on, you know, they would have figured it out. Well, first of all, there the chairman of uh, or Layman's chief executive, I should say, former chief executive Richard S. Fold uh, went before Congress and he said, "I have absolutely no recollection whatsoever of hearing anything about Repo 105 transactions while I was CEO of Layman. Nor do I have any recollection of seeing documents that related to Repo 105 transactions." Yeah. Yeah, like I am really ready to believe Mr. Fold. Yeah, they're going to they're going to uh, create 50 billion dollars worth of false liquidity and he don't know nothing about it. But it wasn't just their fault. Now, Anton Arvelukas, the court-appointed examiner who dissected the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy, went before Congress and criticized the SEC for standing by idly as the investment bank veered towards collapse. So the very people that are supposed to help us weren't there. The SEC knew that Lehman did not have adequate liquidity and had exceeded its own limits on risk-taking, but in essence did nothing, says Volukas. One of the most damning findings in Mr. Volukas's 2,209-page report people really have to read these things, is that Lehman used accounting practices to hide the extent of its indebtedness that was not known to the SEC. He wrote, I saw nothing in my investigation to suggest that the SEC asked even the most fundamental questions that might have uncovered this practice early on before Lehman escalated it to a $50 billion issue. Digestion and its products. Let us suppose that we have a full-grown ox, which is not increasing in any of its parts, but only consumes food to keep up his respiration and to supply the natural wastes of his body. When food is given to animals, it is not put out of existence, but is merely changed in form. 